yo, welcome to another episode of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And Sunday, uh, first, happy Easter to those who celebrate. Uh, but Easter Sunday was a Battle LA, Battle for LA, uh, whatever you want to call it. I call it Battle LA, but I think most people call it Battle for LA. Um, we're off to a great start here. But Battle for LA, round six. And it was quite a dud. This probably was the worst of the six, uh, dating back to last season, uh, right? You, you think about it, you had the opening night last year uh, where the Clippers won, but that game uh, was competitive until about midway through the fourth quarter. You had the Christmas Day game, which the Clippers also won, uh, but that game was also competitive until the fourth quarter. Uh, then you had the two games that the Lakers won, uh, which came down to the last few minutes. Uh, the the the, uh, the one right before the postponement, uh, I believe, came down to the last like two or three minutes. And then you had the one in the bubble in the seeding games in which uh, LeBron uh, hit the game winner and then also had uh, that game-winning stop where he defended Kawhi and PG on the same possession. So uh, those four were all really good, really exciting playoff-level games. Uh, I thought opening night was had stretches of that. Uh, you know, at, at that point, I would say that had been the worst game, uh, where you know the Lakers just after a solid preseason start uh, just did not look like they were on the same page in that opening game and really looked like a new group, and which they were, and, and we've seen that at times for them th- this season. But obviously, they've progressed and adjusted since then. But this game was definitely the worst of the the six games that these two teams have played over the last year and a half, you know, two years now uh, at this point. So, you know, no LeBron, no AD, uh, but also no Andre Drummond, no Wesley Matthews. So for the Lakers side, that's four of your top, you know, 10, 11, 10 rotation players or so, uh, including three starters, your two best players, two superstars. From the Clippers side, they were missing Pat Beverly and, and Serge Baca, but you know, if you're the Clippers, you will, you will take missing those two if it means the Lakers are missing LeBron and AD you know, before going into Drummond and Wes as well. So, uh, and I actually think Wes, this would have been, this is a Wes type matchup. Like, I think the Lakers need Wes in, he's an expendable part of the rotation, I think, for the most part, but there are teams in which he makes sense. And I, I think the Clippers, you know, matching up with Kawhi and or PG, this is actually a matchup that the Lakers really need his wing defense, which is still, at this point, aside from maybe his shooting when he's actually making shots, um, you know that, that's probably his, his strength right now, right? Like if you're looking at Wes's value in a rotation, it still is his perimeter, you know, wing defense. Uh, I would say behind LeBron, behind AD, behind Kuz, uh, behind Alex Crusoe, and uh, probably right there on a similar level to KCP, in my opinion, um, on some nights, like Wes is right there. Like, you know, he, he's above THT, um, well, that I mean, the Lakers don't have a defensive liability in the rotation, but I, I do think Wes is better suited for those bigger perimeter wings, right? Like, um, you know, we, Dennis and Alex are really good point of attack defenders, but you're not really going to put them on on Kawhi or PG. So um, I, I think the Lakers really missed a lot of that stuff in, in this game. And, um, you know, frankly, though, the, the defense wasn't that bad. Uh, like, you know, the, the Clippers, uh, so the Clippers won, 104.86. It was it was a blowout. Uh, it was competitive in the first quarter. Lakers were only down seven um, and, and kept it close. Uh, you know, Clippers got off to this really hot start. Made the first five shots. Had a 12 to two lead, 
And then the Lakers kind of rallied, uh, made it close. And then from that point on, the Clippers really took control of the game, um, led by, I, I believe, as many as 22 points. Might have been 24, but I think it was 22. And that, that was a majority of the second and third quarters. They just were blowing out the Lakers. Lakers made a couple runs. I think they, they got it to 13. They're down 15 at halftime, got it to 13 at one point in the third. And, you know, ever since... Ever from from then on, the, the Clippers just blew them out, and it was you know twenty plus points for um, the majority of the second half. So I think for the Lakers, you know, I, I continue to beat the same drum here, where it's really difficult to glean much because I think what we've gleaned from this LeBron and AD list stretch is that if the Lakers have to play any significant amount of time without either one of those guys in the playoffs or in any meaningful situation, right? It could even be, you know, uh, seeding implications later in the season where LeBron or AD returns, one is still out and they're, they're trying to kind of figure out um, how to tread water w- without one of those two. Like it, it does not look good, right? Like the, the, the defense has still been good. You know, I, since LeBron and AD went down, they, they have been second in defense, um, you know, overall. So like the, the defense has still been really, really good. But they've also been 29th in offense, and and that's where the problem is. You know, tonight um, they actually held the Clippers to 104 points, which in the modern game, especially against the number two offense in the league and the Clippers. And, and yes, they were shorthanded, but you know, this is a team that could easily walk into 110, 115, 120, and you know maybe they do if if the game's more competitive and and you know they, they don't put in their second you know third unit guys uh, in in the fourth quarter, but. I think for the Lakers, you actually walk away feeling okay. That the Clippers only took nine free throws. They had 19 turnovers. Uh, you know, they, they did shoot 48% overall. They made 14 threes, but um, and you know, Kawhi didn't. I mean, he almost had a triple double, but he didn't even have like that crazy of a game. 19, 10, and eight. Uh, PG 16 points. Uh, Marcus Morris was the one who killed them with 22 and, and got hot early on. But for the most part, like. I didn't think the Clippers had a crazy offensive game. I thought it was more so their defense in, in conjunction with the Lakers, just you know, abysmal offensive struggles that they've had. And uh, really looking at the starting unit, and that's something that I, I came away with this game. Um, you know, just looking at it is like the starting unit has really struggled. And I think if you look at even some of the success that th- this team has had, you know, recently w- without LeBron. It has been led by the bench. You know, it has been led by Trez and, and THT and, you know, maybe Wes having a good shooting game or um, like I just the, the starting group has not been good. And I, I just looked it up and the Lakers new starting group of Mark, Keefe, Kuz, KCP and Dennis has a minus 13.1 net rating in 68 minutes over the last eight games. Uh, they, they've played in five of them. So they actually have a three and two record. Uh, the Lakers only three wins have been with that group, you know, since Mark came back, but still it's not good. And then you, you sub Trez in there for Mark. So it's a, the starters plus Trez, they have a minus 21.2 net rating. So that foursome of Keefe, Kuz, KCP and Dennis has not worked. And, you know, the, just looking at the lineup data like that, that really supports it. The Lakers, three most played lineups during this stretch all have negative net ratings and you know they're, they're three and five without lebron 
technically three and six if you want to include the Atlanta game because they basically didn't have him for three of the four quarters. Like that, that I mean, it makes sense, right? Like they're just really struggling right now. And I, honestly, I think if you look at their schedule and the games that they won, it's Cleveland, Orlando, and Sacramento. Like those are by far the worst teams that they've played in the stretch. And they, granted, they have had a tough stretch. Phoenix is a really, really good team. New Orleans is a play-in contender, you know, mediocre, but not bad. Uh, Philly, obviously really good. Milwaukee, really good. Clippers, really good. So this has been a really tough stretch of schedule, and now they're going to head east for a a five-game bloodbath of Toronto, Miami, Brooklyn, New York, and Charlotte, where they could easily go 1-4, 0-5. Like, 2-3 seems optimistic, but I guess that's in play. I think that's honestly their, their... upside in this I, I don't see any way they win those Miami and Brooklyn games uh, I think they probably lose to Toronto and then it's just a matter of what happens in New York and Charlotte but yeah I mean it, it's it, this isn't the best time to be missing LeBron and AD you know we, we've discussed that but during the stretch the, the Lakers you know most used lineups a lot of them featuring variations of that starting group have been net negatives and I, I think maybe it's time to mix up the starting group. And I think, you know, Mark Dennis and KCP are the locks, uh, right? Because they're the starters that normally start. And um, yeah, of course, Mark is going to move to the bench whenever Andre Drummond comes back, but we still don't know if he's, if he's accompanying the team on the road trip. And it sounds like he might miss one game more at most. Uh, so he'll probably be back either the Toronto game or the Miami game. But you know, once Andre's back, Mark will move to the bench. But aside from like, you know, Mark slash Andre, KCP and Dennis, those other two slots, I think the Lakers might just have to think about changing it up. And I don't know if that's inserting THT, maybe maybe going THT and Kuz or THT and Keefe or like, I, I think it might be at the point where THT might have to start because uh, lineup data wise, he's actually been the best Laker over the stretch uh, entering this game. He was a plus 12 in net rating. And that led the team by by far. Keefe is actually last on the team um, and, and was a minus, uh, I believe, 16 net rating entering this game. But it, it's, it's just been interesting to see kind of how things have played out because the defense has been really good. Like, again, like, you know, they are still a really good defensive team without LeBron and AD who are their best and arguably second best defender. I mean, I think they're two best defenders for sure when they're locked in, but just on an average night, AD obviously is their best defender. LeBron kind of ranges from like two through four, two through five, depending on how engaged he is defensively. But two really key important defensive pieces. You know, LeBron is the defensive captain. He's the one that is quarterbacking. You know, he's the free safety. He's helping. He's wreaking havoc on the backside. And to not have those two guys and to still be this good defensively, I think it's a testament to the defensive talent on this team and the coaching. You know, Frank Vogel and his staff deserve a lot of credit. But on the flip side, the offense has been so bad that they just can't win these games. Like you can hold teams to 104. You could hold teams, um, you know, to 95 points. And, and with the way the Lakers are playing offense right now, like they're still going to lose games. So I, I think figuring that out, you know, I, I don't know. It's maybe it's starting Trez and THT. Like, I, I really don't know. I think at this point, like, to me, it's it's about getting funky and, and trying different things and just knowing that I think if you're the Lakers, the way you need to approach 
these next couple weeks, however long AD and LeBron are going to be out. You know, Frank said before the game, LeBron's out indefinitely. AD's progressing, but still no, you know, clear timetable for him. So you got to assume those guys are out at least two more weeks, if not more. If I'm the Lakers, you know, I'm trying to win games, right? You're trying to remain competitive. But I think going with what has worked in the past, I think Dennis is probably the one 100% starter lock. KCP's probably there. We'll see what happens with Drummond. But why not try Trez in the starting lineup? Or why not try THT? Those guys have been effective and productive and have actually given you offensive punch. And at this point, like maybe you do take a defensive step back, but you're not going to win games scoring 86 points in 2021. Unless you are playing a Cleveland or an Orlando or a Sacramento, you are not going to win games like that. So, I mean, just looking at the, the Lakers upcoming schedule after the five game trip, it's home versus Boston, home versus Utah twice at Dallas twice, then finally at Orlando at Washington versus Sacramento. So that's a winnable stretch right there where you can go two and one or three and oh, but coming home to Boston, Utah twice and Dallas twice, you know, Dallas on the road twice, these next 10 games, the Lakers could easily go somewhere between like one and nine and three and seven. It really is in play with how bad they've been offensively without LeBron and AD. Like honestly, three and seven to me sounds like optimistic with the way they play. Again, I mean, basically without LeBron, they've only played either like the worst teams in the league or the best teams in the league. So it's it's kind of hard to judge how they look against like an average team. New Orleans is the closest thing, but we only saw one game and they're on the road. And even that one, like New Orleans has been playing better. That, that one's kind of tough to judge, but that Orlando, Washington, Sacramento stretch, I think will be interesting. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. If you're the Lakers, like I think you might have to just get funky here where you're not creating a replicable situation for the playoffs because I don't think even the starting lineup group of Mark Keefe, Kuz, uh, KCP, and Dennis, you're never going to see that lineup again, right? Like You're never going to play that lineup again unless you absolutely have to because LeBron and AD are out, but that lineup isn't working. And if you have to resort to that in the playoffs, I don't think it's going to work. So I, I think my, my one thing that I'd like to see for the Lakers from the, the next two, three, four weeks is getting a little funkier with their lineups, experimenting a little more and seeing if there's maybe something unconventional that will work. Because I think that the status quo right now is just not working. And this starting group it's just not working. Like the Lakers, like the bench is coming in midway through the first quarter down six, eight, 10, 12 points. And, you know, in some cases kind of scrapping out of that. And again, depending on the level of opponent, you know, maybe they, they can beat the Clevelands and Orlando's. But I just, I think with this upcoming stretch, how tough it's going to be, you might have to get a little funky. And, um, you know, that, that is the word of the podcast, funky. Uh, like I, I, I would like to see that from from Frank and his staff, and I know Frank is a little bit more traditional, a little bit more conventional. I don't think he's necessarily going to do that, but Tht and Trez have been their two best offensive players, um, you know, in, in like a per minute basis during the stretch. And I'd like to see those guys either come in earlier or one or or both potentially just get a crack at, at starting. And te- why not test it out one game, especially if, if Andre's out? Maybe start Trez, bring Mark off the bench. Um, or, or start them both together. You know, Frank has talked about uh, experimenting and, and seeing them playing next to each other. Like, why not do that against Toronto or Miami or even Brooklyn, right? And I, I know you're maybe going to get, you know, exploited defensively with, with Trez at the four. Like, 
I, I just think at this point, what's working, you know, or what you're doing right now isn't working. So why not try something else and see if maybe that works? Um, and then if not, you can test it for a game, test it for two games. It doesn't work. Go back to the, the original starting lineup, but that lineup just isn't working right now. Um, let's get into a couple questions here. The open forum Q&A part of the podcast. I'm pulling up the questions right now. Um, this question is from at CanHSB, uh, Tor B on Twitter. How many games will AD need to get his groove back once he's back? Of course, same question on LeBron. I think LeBron probably doesn't need uh, that much time. Like I'd, I'd give LeBron, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron just comes back and looks like LeBron. Um, you know, maybe a game, two games tops, but I think for LeBron, it's going to be quick. With AD, like we've seen him kind of float in and out at various times this season in terms of just his assertiveness and effectiveness. And, you know, overall, he's been still at that top 10, top 15 level that we've been accustomed to with him. Um, but I think for him, especially with the amount of time he's going to have missed, like by the point, he returns, he's probably going to miss two plus months at that point. Um, I think that there will be a bit of a ramp up, but for the best players in the league, honestly, like when they come back, they're still really good. So like 80 is probably going to come back at 80, 85% of, of what he is. Right. So even when he comes back, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's putting up like 20, 10 and three blocks in his first game. Um, you know, now that a part of that will be minutes restriction, you know, how, how cautious are the Lakers being in his return? But I, I do think that, um, you know, like those two guys, I'm not worried about what they're going to look like when they get back. I'm worried about when are they getting back and, you know, how, how long is it going to take them to get back? How many games are the Lakers going to lose while they're out? And what is the likelihood that they're re-injured or, or what is the, uh, you know, management plan for the injury moving forward and, and really for the rest of the season, because that's in, in the short term what really matters. So I wouldn't be too worried. Again, I think LeBron is going to come back as LeBron uh, pretty much from the first game, maybe take like a, one game to kind of get reacclimated. And, and and then for AD, maybe it's a couple games, maybe it's a week. But I think for the most part, they're, they're both going to come out and just look like themselves. Might be a minute's limit of 20, 25, 30 minutes, something like that. But um, I think for the most part, you don't have to worry about those two. It's more so like role players and guys who don't, or, or guys coming off of a major injury, like, an Achilles injury, a broken knee, uh, something like that, torn MCL, ACL. Those are the injuries that affect a player. You know, it takes them maybe a few weeks, a month, two months to to look like themselves. But that's not the situation the Lakers are dealing with right now, fortunately for them. And second question. This one is from Augie Demus. Uh, Augie Demus. Lakers shooting is so bad, not even LeBron and AD can fix it. Uh, he's you know, quote unquote, uh, and then is this a valid concern? I I, I do think it's a valid concern. Uh, I think that um, if there is one thing that could derail the Lakers' season, aside from the injuries, it is the the three point shooting disparity. Where if you just look at, I'm going to pull it up right now, but if you look at the very best teams in the league. They all are really good three-point shooting teams. It is really hard to win a championship in 2021, you know, over the past half decade at a minimum, but really going on the last decade 
without being a three a good three-point shooting team the lakers were the exception to that last season they did shoot better in the bubble you know notable performances you know rondo shooting 40 percent uh keith kcp you know ac like even lebron and ad but especially ad like there was kind of a, a ballooning of the three-point shooting across the board for the Lakers for the most part. But it is hard to win in the modern game without being a good three-point shooting team. So let's just look at uh, let's look at three-point percentage uh, because, I mean, three-point percentage versus volume, it's debatable which one's more important. But going through it, okay, Clippers, number one, I think they're a contender. Jazz, number two, I think they're a fringe contender. Brooklyn, number three. I think they should be the co-favorites with the Lakers. Uh, Milwaukee, number four. I think they're a contender. Denver, number five. I think they're a fringe contender. Portland, number six, is the first team where I say, okay, that to me is a first-round exit team. Maybe they get lucky in a matchup and make the second round, but I I do not view them at a contending level. I don't even know if I view them at the next level below a contender. I probably view them a couple notches below that. So... You know, Portland, there's a dip. Charlotte, number seven. Okay, there's a dip. Phoenix, I think, is in that fringe contender level with Utah and Denver. I might actually like them the most out of that group. Uh, New York, okay. Uh, you know, not a contender. A playoff team in the East, which really means like maybe the eight seed in the West, but probably not. Uh, and then Toronto, a lottery team in the East right now. Uh, I think that they're better than you know their record indicates, but still, like. And then there's a dip. Then you got Boston, Philly, obviously really good. Uh, I think they're in that contention category. You know, Atlanta, Chicago, Golden State. Okay, so now you see a dip. Uh, And really like the only, so Lakers are at 24th in three-point percentage at 35.1, or I guess technically tied with Orlando for 23rd. Uh, But really the, the only team with anything close to a record like every team below the Lakers is under 500, except for the Miami Heat, who are just above 500 and in their 27th. Uh, and the two teams above the Lakers are Detroit and Orlando, who are probably the two worst teams in the league. Uh, then you got above them Memphis, New Orleans. So like, really, they're, they're, you know, the Lakers have 31 wins. There's no team that has 30 plus wins that isn't in the top 12 and three point shooting in terms of percentage. Now, if we go volume, it's a little bit different. Uh, the Lakers are 25th in, in three point attempts per game. Philly is below them at, at 27th. Uh, but then, it, yeah, I mean, th- then you got, you got some teams in the middle, like Phoenix is 17th, Denver is 18th, uh, Clippers are 14th. So volume, I guess there isn't as much of a correlation. Brooklyn's at 11th. Uh, and then in terms of good teams at the top, you got Utah one, Portland two, Milwaukee seven. Uh, but where, where I'm going with this is, you know, for the most part, if you look at it, every good team, every every team that you would consider a contender, depending on how big you consider, you know, you, you have that group um, and any, you know, just any top like home court advantage type team is in the top 15, if not top 12, top 10 in both three-point attempts and three-point percentage, at least one of the two, you know, definitely percentage, but volume kind of varies. So I think for the Lakers to be bottom six in both is a concern. And I I do think that the quality of the shots decreases without LeBron and without AD drawing double teams, 
uh, creating, going downhill, you know, especially with LeBron, uh, the attention he creates in the pick and roll, the attention he creates going downhill, his driving kick game, uh, AD in, in the post and the elbows, uh, and, and just you know him as a role guy and, and catching and, and then making quick reads. Um, like, th- of course, the Lakers' quality of looks is going to go down without those guys. But it's not like they've been getting like terrible looks. Like they, I mean, Dennis will will force some threes. Kuz will force some threes. Uh, maybe it's an end of shot clock thing where someone has to throw something up. But teams are playing off the Lakers shooters, and they're still getting good looks. I think that's actually one of their strengths as a team is is creating good three point looks. Now they don't create a lot of them, and they probably should create more. But the the three point looks that they get for the most part, I, I think, are good. Um, you know, if anything, that they're kind of too selective and, and, and too hesitant to, to take threes. But I think, you know, just that gap between them and other teams. Uh, and I think you saw it tonight uh, where, you know, the Clippers took 28 threes, Lakers took 20, uh, 23. So it was only a five attempt difference, but the Clippers made 14 and the Lakers made seven. And, and that seven, you know, the plus 21 at the three point line. Uh, I think was it was a big factor in the the Clippers' favor, you know, because the Lakers actually shot eleven more free throws. They made seven more free throws. They had one fewer turnover. Uh, like, you know, the, the Lakers like had six fewer shots. Where you know that that's you know, Clippers uh, crushed them on the glass, fifty to thirty six, had, had more offensive rebounds, and um, so that's where they, they they won the possession battle. But I, I just think for the most part, like. The Lakers don't really have weaknesses aside from their two best players being injured right now. Uh, but the three-point thing, with how valuable the shot has become, you know, for better or worse, right? Like we can debate the 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 kind of aesthetics of it. We can, we can debate how valuable it should be, but it is very valuable. Most teams that won the, the, the championship over the last half decade to decade have been really good three-point shooting teams. I mean, think of the, the Heat, the Spurs, the Warriors, that Mavericks team. The Cavs, like that, even that Raptors team, like these have all been really good three-point shooting teams. And I think for for the Lakers to not have that, I mean, they make up for it with having two of the seven best players in the league and the league's best defense, right? Like that is how you overcome that. But I do think if they end up losing, aside from health, the three-point shooting will likely play a factor in that. But that's all for tonight's show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, you could do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Athletic, wherever you're listening right now. And if you've not subscribed to The Athletic, you can do so by going to theathletic.com or subscribing off of one of my stories. That would be much appreciated. Thank you. I'll be back later in the week uh, for our weekly pod and then to cover some of these games uh, uh, on the East Coast Swing. So I will talk to you then.